do you want to do the intro? Be like, do 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 do. It's tentative. I mean, how can I top that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Should we just clip that and just put that at the beginning of yeah, the Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hi, everyone. It's tentative. Was that good <laughs> enough? <laughs> you didn't write this down for me. What you been working on? Well, I'm actually on the same project that you and I started a couple of months ago. So still working on that. It's moving right along. We're still in the thick of it. But we did some, I did my first round of usability testing this week for this project. So how did that go? It was really interesting. It was my first like official usability tests to do solo and with, you know, a working prototype, not just like a, an envision prototype. So I learned a ton of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I actually learned more about usability testing than I did about the usability of the app that I'm building. <laughs> so I thought this would be a really good opportunity to make a funny blog post like, 10 ways usability testing can go wrong and how to avoid it. <laughs> I feel like there's our name of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clickbait. Um, yep. Okay, yep. so what are your 10 ways? Let's list them out. Okay, I I didn't list this out. Oh, God. <laughs> well, so go wrong is maybe, is maybe not the best. It puts a negative spin on it. But I think there are definitely ways to make it go easier for sure. For this one in particular, I... Can I reframe my question then? Why don't we say like next time, what are the things that you're going to be doing to make it go easier? So what are you going to be paying attention to that you didn't this time around? I think next time I would be a little more strategic about sort of getting things set up and picking out who I want to use to test with. I think maybe having a more controlled environment, at least for this one in particular, would have made things a lot easier. Yeah, just I think going into it, I would have liked to sort of communicate a little bit more the context that I wanted to set and the kind of scenarios that we were going to set up because for this one in particular, I was working with people who were already familiar with the product, or not this product, but the historical one. So there were a lot of, well, I do things this way, and this is totally different. So, you know, the expectations were a little different. And that's, that's to be expected, I think, in that kind of situation. So I think if I had had more of a range of, of attendees, I would have gotten more of a range of feedback. And that sounds very obvious coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Maybe that'll be <laughs> the title of our episode. That sounds very obvious. Yes. I think when you have an app that has a lot of context around it, and the one that you're working on does, and there's a specific use case and specific people, like job titles, essentially, that are going to be using this, Having those people use the app and having a better context of what what's going in. And I know these people weren't the direct audience for the app. 
and aren't going to be the direct users and they're not primary to the success of the app. They're kind of secondary or tertiary. I'm sure that would have ended up with a better result for you with the usability test. But in general, like finding people that are good for the usability test is better than nothing. But finding the best people for the usability test are clearly going to generate the best results. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I noticed, especially with with having people who were very familiar and had a lot of sort of context around the app already, like you were saying, is is they tend to be very opinionated on the direction of the product. And so, you know, I think although in some ways that can be valuable, I definitely am looking forward to setting up around with with, you know, potential actual users and complete outsiders, honestly, because I think there's definitely value in seeing if just someone with no context can click around and and complete a task. So, yeah, I don't have 10 ways. I don't think maybe we should change it to five ways. Five ways to make your usability tests easier. What are the five ways? So it kind of covered one to make sure that you have the right. Was that not like three in there? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, what no, are that the was three? just one. <laughs> that was one. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. It's late and Friday. I can't count. <laughs> I guess I kind of said this in, when I was describing it earlier, but so this was the first time that I tested like a working prototype, I guess is what I could call it, as opposed to like a static prototype in, in Vision or something like that, which I just ha- feel like has so much potential for something going wrong you know like so many links that don't work so many ways that you know people can click around and and i think too like there's less control there obviously besides what you're the task that you're describing to the user there's no real like path that you've set up for them to take so like anything goes basically (laughs) Yeah. In cases where I've done that before, I usually try, and even when I do a Envision type prototype, I try to set them up and be like, this is something that we're working on. Like you'll go to places that don't have the proper styles or links that might not work or buttons that don't work or buttons that do the thing that you're not expecting. And some of that is to hopefully pull pressure from them if they're feeling any pressure onto the app and have them be a little more relaxed while going through it and just be like, oh, well, that isn't built yet or that doesn't work yet. And instead of them feeling like, oh, my God, I clicked on this thing and it's not doing anything. What did I do? My hope is that, A, it kind of leads into them understanding that they're going to hit a bunch of road bumps while they're doing the usability test and that some of those might be our fault. (laughs) Or most yes. of those are all our fault. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. So I feel like those are pretty two pretty good solid ones. Control your environment and your users and at least in some way help them to understand that this workable prototype that you've built for them to test is not so workable after all. <laughs> we also talked about making sure that they have the right context. That right. Kind of is between the two things that we just talked about but it's slightly different and i'll give it to you as number three which is like make sure that they understand what their mindset should be while they're using the app 
if you are not giving them the app while they already have that mindset, which is ideal, like to be able to hand someone an app to buy coffee while they're standing in line to get coffee, right? But in this case, we're probably not going to be able to do that. So setting them up so that they understand what their context is, is important. Yeah. What's number four? Number four, I actually think after talking about it, I have a number four, which means we definitely have to come up with a fifth one. (laughs) This is going to be a blog post. (laughs) You know, I think no matter what happens, given all the things we've already talked about or, you know, technical difficulties that are bound to happen for remote usability tests, there's always value in getting any amount of feedback, I think. And I think it's especially good for me after something like that happens. And I per your suggestion, sort of take a step away from it and then kind of go back and document things, you know, documenting and processing and communicating about how it went, what happened, and kind of all the mental notes that you took throughout is really helpful in evaluating what you actually learned from it as opposed to focusing on, you know, the ways that it went wrong or the ways that it could have gone better. I think making sure that once you're done with the usability testing, taking a step back, taking a break, and not feeling like your hair is on fire is really important. That's making the assumption that the usability tests went not so good. But even if they did go good, like, and you feel like really confident coming out of them, I still try to write down the issues that I saw and then just take a step back and then come back in. Usually, like, the next day, what I'll do is I'll try to rewatch the videos because when I'm facilitating it's and I think you mentioned this too it's it's really hard to take down notes and so I've I just gotten to the point where I don't even try to take notes while facilitating the, the usability tests what I'll do is like at the end kind of write down my big takeaways and those are usually the, probably the things that are the most important and then I'll come in and, and usually like speed watch the usability tests that happened the next morning just to give me a, me a refresher. And then I'll go back and, and kind of like reprioritize stories or add in new stories or whatever it is that needs to be done. Do it. <laughs> yep. So what's number five? I don't know. <laughs> have more than two. <laughs> I think one of the issues that you had yes. was that you had two people. <laughs> And I told you this, like usually one to two people are throwaway for me. When I do six to eight, I'll have, you know, four that are really good and then two that are either okay to bad. And so getting to that, that sweet spot of like six to eight people where you're seeing six to eight people go through the app is really important. That's not to mean that two people isn't good, but having that higher quantity is better. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think that's sort of a part of the controlling the environment. I was trying to give you a five. Now you're just taking it (laughs) away. (laughs) Okay, I'm elaborating. I'm elaborating. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a, a lot of that can be circumstantial, you know, maybe people don't show or maybe it's just difficult to, to set it up for one reason or another. So maybe having a game plan or a backup plan or sort of a, a strategy to, 
even reschedule or something like that in those cases, like might be better for you in the long run. I think that could be number five. Plan B. I have a number six. Oh, this is, I mean, we're going for 10. (laughs) In the past, when I've had projects like this, I have done like three usability tests. But what I'll do is I'll do three usability tests every week so that every week I'm getting a new input. And usually I'm changing what they're testing slightly or what they're doing, what I'm having them run through. But just having that regular usability test time so that I am always validating and always making sure that I'm making the right experience has been good for like large apps like this in the past. That is my number six is for you to get that set up. Okay. Got a lot of good takeaways here. Now do we have a number seven? (sighs) That's too much pressure. Let's come back. Come back to number seven. I think we can end at 10 eventually. <laughs> Three tentatives from now. We'll, we'll tentatively. Yes. <laughs> so what have you been working on this week? I have been working on a marketing website for the last couple of days. And that has been interesting because coming at it from a standpoint of jobs to be done, making sure that we're on the page communicating what the pain point or problem is and then what our solution is and like why their life will be better at the end. I find that sometimes really tricky. So that that has been my main focus. So you're designing a marketing website. Is that what you... Yes, a marketing, like a homepage. To like a page, ba- yes. gotcha. There's a couple pages. It leads people into the product, buying a car online, which is no easy task. So, yeah, trying to to communicate, like, why they should buy a car online, what the benefits are, and making sure that they feel comfortable doing that. Because it's, you know, a lot of the apps that we make aren't at that price point. So, like, the, the deposit for this is $500. So, right off the bat is something a lot more expensive than what we're, for, like, consumer apps that we, we've built in the past. That That's a high, like, a lot higher price point. Obviously, because you're buying a car, which aren't cheap. Were you involved in any of the branding work for this stuff or no, just kind of working with? Working with an established brand and, and kind of evolving it a little bit. I pushed the type a little bit by using bolder typeface than brand currently has. And I actually pushed it a little too far and we dialed it back. So one of the nice things is the client is really invested in the product, first of all, but also he's been in the industry for a very long time and really been fun to go back and forth and iterate on the design with him about what the priorities are, what the message is, what the narrative is as you go down the page. We're using, so it's a it's a product that's already out in the wild. They take photos of every person that buys a car online. And so it, from that standpoint, it was really nice to use photos of real people, but they're like really terrible iPhone. Like <laughs> people that like have no idea how to take a nice photograph, let alone like composition. And so some of it was just like, me going back to my roots and photo touching and trying to make these terrible photos look nicer than they actually are. 
but like making sure that especially like a lot of their their traffic right now is on mobile so it was one of the first marketing sites that i did i designed for mobile first before i designed for the desktop and that was an interesting experience as well just from both of us we kind of went back and forth on like where do we cut down on the messaging to make sure that we're still saying everything we want, still making sure that we're getting through to the customers what we want to tell them, but not enough where it starts to clutter up the small interface. That's interesting that you mentioned thinking about mobile first for the first time in, in a while. I was kind of thinking about that recently because this project that I'm working on is very, well, it's, we're doing more like a tablet first approach. (laughs) But when, when I learned about design and about web design, it was always very, you know, responsive web design, mobile first. And when you go into product design and you're building a lot of desktop apps, it's easy to, I think, get away from that a little bit. Is that how you feel also? (laughs) No, I like to think that we think about it in terms of highest usage first. So like going into this, I knew that they had like at least 80% of their traffic was mobile. And I know for your project going into it, we knew that I think 60 or 70% of that traffic was tablet. And so knowing both of those going in makes the choice easy for us. Whereas other products that we're building probably don't have that split especially for tablet like i can't imagine another web app that we've built that has had that much tablet traffic right or even that much mobile like mobile traffic even thinking about it like 80 percent, i think it was 85 percent of their traffic was mobile and that is a really high number for what i've seen in the past yeah i do remember the craze when responsive design happened and then mobile first thing happened that everyone started doing that as well they were kind of like back to back and i did that for a while but i think like doing design for the biggest use case first is the best yeah i agree i do think though it's it's easier to initially assume that a mobile first approach on websites is good and fine just because I don't imagine that we'll know a lot about what it's being seen on or viewed on. So designing for all those would be best. So you're doing a good job. (laughs) Thank you. I feel like before this ends, we should definitely do some highs and lows or what's making you happy this week. Highs and lows. Why don't we do both and then we can wrap up. Okay. So what were your highs and lows this week? Oh, gosh. I didn't think about this. <laughs> so you asked me, <laughs> but you're not prepared. It's tentative, Kyle. <laughs> I'll start with lows. Lows are much easier to start with. How sad is that? Lows. I guess, I mean, I wouldn't consider it lows. Are, are we strictly sticking to work and projects and design or <laughs> you're the one who made <laughs> up the rules out of control <laughs> this is out of control i can do my highs and lows first does that okay you, you go can, first and you can that will have help some me. time to think so my highs was getting that homepage finished and wrapped up 
in a place where me and the client are really happy about it. My lows this week, I at the very end of our client week, which is yesterday, Thursday afternoon, I realized that it would be good for me and the client to rotate off and navigating that at the end of the day on Thursday was, well, in the end, it was the right thing to do. I wish I had thought about it earlier and came to the conclusion earlier to communicate to that client, to the rest of the team, that it would be good for me to rotate off. So those are my highs and lows. And what was the last one? Oh, what's making you happy this week? I guess that's kind of like your high. But that let's just say that one can be not work-related. There are lots of things that are making me happy. I have to pick one. Baseball season starting. That's Yes. I was really hoping <laughs> that's what you were going to say. That's what making me happiest. And my t-shirt challenge that you gave me. Yes. So Kyle loves baseball. And one day he came to work and he was wearing a Yankees t-shirt. And I said, hey, nice t-shirt. Are you going to wear one every day this season? And I'm not exactly sure what happened from there. There was some tweeting and some some pretty high expectations set. And so far, we're three for three. He's worn a Yankees shirt every day of the week. And so I'm really hoping he can stick with it. Although I, I've heard that baseball season is very long. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to finish this out. <laughs> okay, so highs and lows. Highs. I'm really enjoying the project that I'm on. It's super challenging, but that's a good thing. And I also got my first quote-unquote breakable toy. I'm going to be working on an open source project with Mason in the office here. He's building out a CMS for GitHub pages like your blog and GitHub pages and your Jekyll site. And so I'm going to be working on the design for that. And he's trying to build it with React. And so I'm going to get to learn some stuff there. And I'm really excited. I guess my lows would be sort of the stress around processing ways that the usability testing could have gone better. But, you know, given everything that we've talked about in the end, you know, I think it turned out to be pretty valuable with feedback and takeaways. So, and your t-shirt challenge <laughs> is making me happy. No, I already used that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Austin weather is kind of making me happy. It's really sunny, but still cool. It's like kind of cold in the mornings. And then, you know, throughout the day, it's like summer weather. You can sit by the pool and I'm really excited about that this weekend. That is very exciting. I was hoping that you were going to say the biscuits from lunch are making you oh, happy. How could I forget? <laughs> I ordered so many biscuits at lunch. They were so delicious. They had whipped butter and jalapeno honey. It was very delicious. I mean, come on. <laughs> cool. So everyone should come here for biscuits and butter and honey. And sunshine. And sunshine. And to look at my cool Yankees shirts. Yep. This is episode 37. You can see our show notes at tentative.fm slash 37. You can tweet at us at tentative.fm. You can email us, hosts at tentative.fm, and rate us in iTunes. 
And I think that's it. <laughs> and send Kyle poorly taken selfies from your cell phone. <laughs> you can submit those to dawn at thoughtbot.com. <laughs> cool. Anything else? Nope. Should we have like an Austin sign out like yeehaw or I don't know. Y'all. Let's just sign off by saying y'all. Y'all. Okay. Yeah. Bye y'all. <laughs>